Episode 116. I sit here with uh, Baron Von Pierce, Mike Pierce. How are you, brother? Good. Yourself, bro? I'm good, man. Also sitting uh, somewhat digitally across from me. Uh, <laughs> not as always. Uh, Tyson, thanks for joining us, brother. How are you, man? Definitely, man. Good. Good. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I feel like uh, I feel like I look like Ed Reed. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> you got the yeah, beard, dude. Yeah, oh, look at the hairs um, growing out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You got a glimpse. Yeah. Have you ever had a fro before? Oh yeah, I've had braids you know, <laughs> back during the. Let's see, that was probably uh, probably the mid two thousands, late two thousands. <laughs> uh, How long were they? How long of yeah, braids are we talking? Yeah. Um, below my shoulder. I never below my shoulder and I'm kind of OCD. So obviously I would have them redone on a weekly basis. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, those are the good days. So, so are you <laughs> hating quarantine? Cause you can't get, can't get everything all cleaned up. No, you know what, man, honestly, I'm starting to embrace it. I'm like, am I going to do some Jay Z type stuff and just throw it out? Uh, I don't know if you've seen him lately. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah, he's grown his hair out tremendously. I think he has dreadlocks now. Yeah, like little mini dreads, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I think I did see that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've actually been embracing and then seeing, like, Ed Reed yesterday. I was like, man, I feel pretty good about my shit. So. <laughs> 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 embracing that gray there look at that all that little yeah, gray you got there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i got i got gray i got gray coming in a lot in the beard too but it's kind of weird because people don't notice it as much because like my beard's kind of red but like if you yeah. look closely especially on the sides dude these my chops are turning turning gray it's crazy getting huh. old man wisdom mm-hmm. uh it's a or, uh, or stress or stress. Yeah, 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 I think. Yeah. I think that's probably what it is. I don't know about you guys, but I do. I was I was talking to my wife about this yesterday, and I feel like I just have this background white noise of stress all the time, like just because of the unrest in the world, uh, the unrest here in the United States, uh, the, the COVID-19 situation. It just feels like I can never, like no matter how hard I try, I never have my guard completely down. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I hear that, dude. It's like uh, um, last week was it last week? I went to work actually into the office because I've been working at home home for the last three months, like a hundred percent. Every other um, Monday now, right? And uh, I know it's that's normal for Tyson there to be working a hundred percent from home all the time, but <laughs> for me, it's not. You know, I usually go to the office, and I went to the office, and I was texting everybody. Yo, I got the most work done ever. <laughs> There's nobody in the office. Yeah, at the office because I have any distractions. You yeah. know, was you know just able to just focus on work, man. Just work, 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 and you can normally say the the opposite. Maybe yeah. that 
that novelty is worn off. Well, I got a little one here. I got dogs. I got a wifey. So a lot of I distractions. Were in so. I think if the little ones were in school, you probably would be more efficient at home. Yeah, because the wifey's office is in the basement. So yeah, um, yeah, I got a guest right now. Little Callie. Hi, Callie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's been part so, of this whole thing is you know like we, we've talked about it a few times Pierce is just there's no separation between work life and home life and even family life yeah. everything just sort of is all yeah. one thing well as I was saying I, my, my where I eat dinner is literally two feet from where I'm sitting right now and so like my work is right here my dinner and my life right there in the living room everything so yeah it's just a little a little bit more rough and I've been dealing with, you know, it's funny is that I've been getting headaches, like some tension headaches, like crazy and went to Walgreens, went to, you know, the wife went to Target. I went to Walmart, dude, they are out of tension headache medicine everywhere. So I finally like ordered some online and got some. Um, but I think it's just because I'm looking at screens all day, you know, the stress of everything, you know, like you were saying, Tony, the world, all the shit that's happening, um, you know, no, no separation of work-life balance. I look at these screens and then immediately I'm looking at a TV screen because I'm home, you know? And so just, um, fucks my eyes up, fucks my brain up. And then, so I turned the recently, I turned the blue light filters on all of my screens Nice for, for work. And that helped out tremendously. Um, and the tension headache medicine, I, I ordered some from CVS and got some of that, but yeah, dude, it's just, it, it, I, and everyone is definitely feeling it. If, if all the stores are sold out of tension headache medicine. Yeah. hundred percent, yeah. dude. That's cool. You got the blue light filters like that. Um, cause that, yeah. that actually has a huge impact on your circadian rhythms and stuff too. Looking at, you know, those screens for hours. Yeah. I mean, back in the day they used to go, Oh, it's damaging because you know, you're staring too close for too long and you don't get that practice looking far away and all that. And there's that too, but more than ever, it's just staring at these backlit screens for hours and hours and hours. It totally screws up your circadian rhythms. And what we're learning now is that those circadian rhythms are like crucial to your health. You know, everything's tied into yep. it. The functioning of your organs, you know, your, your metabolism, everything aging. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah. We, I mean, at least I got my gym down here. That's the the nice part, you know. I paid extra to get my all my gym equipment here. Um it's just that I outgrew all my weights, so now I got to go get, go get more weights and I've told you that before, dollar. Yeah. Um the the thing is down here they actually starting to open up gyms in uh Douglas County is what they're saying. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah, the whole thing's unsettling to me just looking at what scientists are saying, looking at the the numbers globally. Um, even looking at the numbers in the United States uh, and Colorado is, is among some of the doing better than many of the other state, other states, but still, I don't, I just don't know that a lot of experts are saying that we may very well be expecting a second surge that's worse than the one in April, April, uh, but happening in like August, like mid August. And of course we don't know, these are all based on models and, and stuff, but they, they, they think that we are not doing the proper amount of social distancing. Um, well, with the the protesting too, dude. I read an article this morning that Texas actually has an uprise in COVID nineteen cases recently because of all the protesting. Yeah, all the major cities. The, uh, second wave is probably going to be the timeline for that's probably going to be pushed up significantly. If I've we heard aren't that too. Going through it right now, um, like I know they 
you're talking about here that uh, the hospital beds, the ICU beds are they're at 100 percent capacity, and Damn, the government's really? talking about it. He's not even talking, not even bringing it up. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, and yeah. I say that I think that's a, a lot different with our state, like you're saying, Tony, here in Colorado. Um, I like Jared Polis. I think he's doing a lot of good. You know, he's he's moderate. He's not you know extremely demo, you know Democrat. He's but he's not you know far right or anything like that. He's trying to please just about anything. And the thing I like about him is how he gives like almost daily updates, dude. Yeah. Like he's on the news <laughs> right. giving like daily updates as yeah. to what's going on and situation and numbers and everything like that. And and I think that's why we're we're leading a lot in in the amounts of people that are in the hospital, deaths and everything like that. So are people yeah. serious there? You know, I've seen, I, I don't know about you, Pierce, but when I have been out, I have seen a huge um, relaxation. Like everybody's relaxing for sure. Um, seeing a lot less masks, a lot of, you know, just not taking it so seriously. And we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. Pierce. I'm, I'm the OCD guy, you know, man, like I'm, I'm yeah. built for this shit right now. And, and, yeah. and I just can't. A lot of the places, yeah, a lot of the places I've been, they've been having masks. Like I went to Lowe's recently because like I was telling you, we read the whole backyard yeah. and a majority of the people there did have masks. Um, everyone was minding the little marks on the ground on where to stay and everything. Um, at my work, you can't even, uh, so when I went into the office, you can't even enter the building without a mask. You have to have your mask on yeah. before entering do the building. Do they do uh, like temperature that. tests? Or they take your temperature or anything like that at your job? Um, they can if you want them to, but you know, you're kind of supposed to self-check. They do have a, a thermometer up front. I check all that stuff too, but um, but yeah, I mean, when I went into the office, I was literally one of two people that were in the entire. Oh, building. that's good to hear. So good. good. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's rough that it was so much more productive, though. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> that sucks because <laughs> you're only you're going, did, did you say you're going every other Monday is when you're going in or something like that? Yeah, every well every other Monday, but then um, we just got an email from our HR person saying that they are recommending that we just stay home as much as we can. And, uh, I got that email and I was like, ah! Oh, like they're taking like, away so- your, your day, your biweekly yeah. day or whatever. My, ah. my, my two days a month. Ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, I think, I don't know. I think it's moderate out here to what people are doing as far as taking it seriously. A lot of mask wearing, we had our carpets done today. Um, uh, cleaned and the dude showed up and he was wearing a mask when he was doing the carpets and everything too. Yeah. So. We had uh we had a yeah, we had pest control come by recently. Same thing came in with a mask and gloves and yeah. Uh, not serious and not serious and out there, huh? No. Really? No. Maybe yeah. they think the extreme heat will kill the COVID. I'm pretty sure of that. And um, you know, I'm in a very, traditionally red state which is just driving me up a wall right we talked about that last episode how this has really become like a politically divisive issue this pandemic which is bizarre i would almost say a racially divided issue as well because you can look at the statistics of who's dying you know and you can kind of pinpoint when people started protesting to reopen the governments and go back to work etc 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 and they parallel the um, it becoming a minority virus. 
and we talked about that before, but it was really put out for a week or a week and a half. And I knew then we would be in trouble. I said, there's no way, no way the United States is going to continue to be closed for a minority. It's not going to happen. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of, kind of the segue to, you know, other issues. This guy is, this guy and I, I mean, their president, he's, he has, he's ran this country like his businesses and you can look at it, look at the fall. <laughs> Into the uh, ground. <laughs> he's never run anything successful in his life and they put him at the head to run their country and he, he's doing what he has a history and is known to do. Dude, running to the ground. Dude, so I'm looking at the graph of new cases for Arizona right now. That I mean, that's kind of crazy. I don't know how. Can you guys see that? Oh, she's yeah. still rising. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah. like, and recently there's this huge upsurge. Um, yeah. God, man, that's frightening. Let me pull up Colorado. We'll take a look at. Yeah, see, Colorado's kind of. I mean, we don't have it under control, but it's looking, looking better. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Wow. Flat time for the most part, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. And it, it's not. This was pre-protest, is my understanding. But it just, it's just. Well, there's a delay, not right? There's, information out there at all. Yeah, and there's a delay. I think, like when when new precautions are introduced, or like something like you know oh. the protests happen. There's like a 14 day delay where you'll see the effects of this in about two oh, weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what we're dealing with here. So, and there's a lot of ignorance going on. I don't know if you guys are, are like, we're having a lot of ignorance on our community page. Um, just absolute blatant ignorance. When you say community page, you're talking about, like, your next door or, like, Facebook or something like that? or Yeah, it's like a Facebook community page yeah. for the mm -hmm. residents here. Yep. And some of the stuff is just disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, I can imagine some of the stuff you might see down there. Um, I mean, shit's escalating right now. It's getting, it's it's yeah. really crazy. It's an odd time. And I was telling Pierce on the last podcast too, um, is like, I just feel like I got no words, man. I just kind of sitting back, just it's taking forever just to process what the hell is going on. And, and we've talked about some of these, you know, racial issues and stuff like that before, you know, on this podcast. And I talked about how, because my undergraduate was in history, and that's that's the whole thing that was so frightening was seeing how deep and old um, this kind of racial prejudice is, and 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 the stratification of society is like nothing new. I mean, it's so deeply, deeply rooted that it it's it scared me and made me feel just kind of like pessimistic a little bit about like how in the fuck do we resolve this, you know? Um, but it's interesting now to see with, with the age of social media how this stuff has just become such a repetitive cycle that everyone sees that we've just we've reached that point where we're just rupturing. It's just it's it can no longer be tolerated. And so that's good well, for I everybody. Think, um, I, I told a buddy of mine this morning that um, I read something that was highlighting the fact that uh, the murder was awful. And I'm pretty sure we all know what we're talking about. The murder was awful, but the timing was perfect for the movement and voices to be seen and heard. And it's unfortunate. 
Yeah. So, I mean, because people are sitting down, people aren't, a lot of people aren't working. And then I heard this morning or maybe it was put out last night that the numbers, the unemployment numbers were fudged. Um, they're actually about 4%, 5% higher than what, what was put out yesterday. Yeah. What was, I was, I was actually watching the press conference that Trump had yesterday. What did he, he signed another executive order for something again yesterday yesterday and yeah and then somebody um had mentioned that too at the press conference asking why the numbers were higher all of a sudden on the unemployment rate and he was like i'll answer questions afterwards we'll answer questions and he was like a dick you know obviously like all the time and people were talking and people were talking he was like this he's all just making faces like he was like you tell him shush shush Shush, he was shushing people. Okay. You're just like, oh my God, this is the freaking president, dude. Like, he's just shushing people at a press conference. Well, this guy hasn't led, he hasn't led with this racial divide. He hasn't led with coronavirus. This guy hasn't led anything. Would you hear, do, Not- you, do you know what the uh, executive order is? I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled this up. So he's, he's uh, invoking an economic emergency, which is stemming from the coronavirus pandemic. Um, the in- administration has made it harder for uh, people to challenge inaccuracies on credit reports, uh, ease required breaks for commercial truckers, and told factories and power plants that while they should obey pollution, pol- uh, pollution limits, they do not have to monitor or report their emissions routinely. So just slipping in a bunch of shit right there under corona, just squeezing it in. Yep. Wow. And that process is nothing a, new, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's happened a lot, dude. Like, I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah. I mean, slipping things in happens all the time. I mean, I remember, um, who was it? A few years back when they increased the Pell Grant numbers and they got it in so late that they added it to the transportation bill. So yeah, just you're like, that. what? The, it's a Pell Grant, and they added it to a transportation bill. Yeah, how bizarre. There's probably but a lot he of... He, he is... I mean, this is his MO. He he throws a distraction out there by something that he tweets, something that he says, and then he slides something under the table. And I mean, this is how he conducts business. He he does nothing <coughs> nothing in, in broad daylight. He's absolutely awful human being awful and the people around him are j- equally as responsible and what's what's annoying to me i'm glad that people are speaking up that were in his administration keyword is that were in his administration because I, what's bothering me is that all of these people don't speak up and don't seem to have any kahunas until they leave his administration which is horrible uh, like Mattis and, and, and Kelly, like these people, like what they don't realize, you've already lost respect for them as, as people and leaders. And now they're speaking up about Trump and, and how bad he is for the country. And it's like you had a chance to speak up when you actually held a position in the government and you supported this guy 100%. Like, your credibility is already it's already lost. Already yeah. lost. Yeah, I saw do you guys see he's being sued for that deal and um they're being sued for the uh 
in Washington D.C. when the cops sprayed them with sprayed the sprayed peaceful protesters with pepper spray. You guys know about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So they, I guess it's that was like five days ago, but they're bringing a full lawsuit, um, including several individuals, um, and they're suing him. And then what's his name? The attorney general guy. Uh, Bar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't even call him attorney general. I'd call him Trump's lawyer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well put. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. So, so what do you guys think as a whole about what's happening? And do you think any progress is going to, any progression is going to come from this? Well, when you were saying about the perfect storm on when this happened, it really was the perfect storm because of COVID happening. Um, a lot more people are laid off, are on unemployment. They're getting that extra 600 bucks. Social unrest. To what now? To protest because those people don't have jobs. So now, <laughs> you know, yeah. that just, that was the perfect storm. You know, if this had happened any other regular time, uh, I, it's shitty to say, but I don't think that the amount of protesters that we have now would be currently happening yes but with all these people that are unemployed and everything like that i think that happened to be just perfect for the situation um and and the the black Lives matters um movement yeah exactly i agree what, what do you think dollar uh <clears throat> as painful as it is i you know i think we need this um this we've had a lot of shit swept under the rug for a long time and um, with Trump getting elected, a lot of a lot of fucking spiders are coming out of the shed, man. Um, and there's a lot of uh, garbage going on, and so it's, it's really painful. It's hard to watch. It's hard to know um, how I can help or how I can be part of this. But I think this is a process that we have to have. Um, and no time like the president, I guess. And but I agree with Pierce too. I mean, the timing uh, it was perfect, you know. And that happens in life. Sometimes unfortunate things happen in that way. We've talked about like Bob Marley before, uh, the way he died. You know, at such a young age, out of nowhere, he's got cancer in every organ and just dies. Uh, suddenly, his message and his music and everything lives on for a long time. So sometimes things can be way more powerful based on the exact perfect context that they that they rise in. So I don't know, man. Like I. I said i don't i don't feel like i have anything much to add to the conversation i know i just i love history and i love studying this stuff in the united states and watching it now it's sort of like yeah this was coming i think one of the biggest problems though too is that like like vast majority of these protests are peaceful um but as with every single group of people you're gonna have some yahoos dude you're gonna have people that are just yeah. taking advantage of the chaos yeah. of the moment stealing yeah. shit um and then you know you look at it from a police officer's perspective and that gets hard that shit starts blurring together and we already i guess that's the one thing i've said a million times before we don't train police officers enough these guys should be treated they sh it should be like a navy seal we've talked about it mike you know yep. like it's too easy to become a cop and those situations are so difficult for every human to handle it's like it shouldn't be that easy you know you've got to be able to exhibit emotional management and under high stress situations just like navy seals just like these you know range, rangers or whatever it's like people these elitely trained people um because Think of how much harder it is when you're a cop because you're in society. You know, you're walking around in civilization. You're not in a war zone, um, but sometimes mm -hmm. you know you might feel like it. And if you can't handle yourself well, I mean, that's what we're seeing all the fucking time. Not to mention yeah. just you know entrenched racism. That's there's no and, denying and it. Assholes. 
mm-hmm. uh, period. Um, one thing that I will say is that, so you guys know, I know a ton of physicians and I was recently talking to one and she was explaining to me that um, you, you see a lot of things when these cops take their clothing off and she said you would be amazed at the amount number of hate racist um nazi tattoos and that you would see and they you can't do anything about it because of hipaa violations but she said you know attending to a lot of police officers i was reading something about it so i asked her because she's an ed physician where did she she work where's this at this is in the United States. She's in the U.S. Oh, yeah. I can't say the state, probably. Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she, said it's, she said it's amazing. You tried to set me up, Tony. No. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I, I was being totally naive and asking. Sorry. No, no, she, uh, but she said that when they, the cops take their clothes off, you'd be amazed at how many of them have racist tattoos. Uh, including things like the swastika, and they can't say anything about it. There is nothing, no one that you can report it to. Um, and another thing that I was personally thinking about is in the military, you have what's called UCMJ, Uniform Charlie, uh, Mike, uh, Juliet, UCMJ. And what is short for, that's an acronym for Uniform Code of Military Justice. And I'm trying to figure out why there isn't something like that for police officers. So uniform code of military justice is not just for wartime. It's for crimes that you could potentially commit here stateside. Um, You know, anything from robbing, stealing, killing, what have you, and you're going to prison. So I, I'm, I would love to see a UCPJ uh, uniform code of, police justice so when these cops have like for instance the two cops that pushed that 75 year old non-threatening man down and probably fractured his skull that was bleeding out of his ears and they just sat there and watched yeah yeah and not only that but you had people that you had probably five six cops that walked around the guy as if they were walking around pigeon poop um and it's just sad to see that that is when you talk about training, that's some some of that's training, but a lot of it. If you're a dick, you're just a dick. I I I, I think it's a great combination for the issues that we see now, and it's just amazing because you never see you never see a a, a, a white male in a place like. Um, Highlands Ranch or Scottsdale in this case here um, or Centennial there with a knee on his neck. You would never even imagine seeing something like that at all. But in the right and the underprivileged, underserved, and I've told you guys this a thousand times, I, I feel that it's not, it's what we're seeing today is not, it's, it's not brand new. This is now people having to face it because they have to see it. So people act like this just started. No, this is what people have been crying about for years 
if not hundreds of years, have been crying about, but now it's just being brought to the forefront because everyone has a camera phone yep. that can record it, and, and immediately it can go viral in a matter of minutes. So I, 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 and I have to tell people this that I talk to because people ask me like, "Are you okay?" and you know, "How's it?" I'm like, we're we're absolutely. I mean, outside of a you know health issue, we are we're absolutely fine. But I, and I'm telling people that it's not. This isn't new. This isn't new at all. It's just finally, it's in your living rooms now. Whether you you can't turn the other cheek, it's in every um, room now because it's on your phone. Yeah. you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't bat a blind eye and say, well, that's not my problem because now it's on your phones, it's on your televisions, it's on your radio. Not now you not only can you hear it, but you can also visualize it because you're looking right at it. And again, that's what I refer to as the Emmett Till effect. Um, and I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you guys about, and this is, all just theoretical mumbo jumbo for myself. But with the Emmett Till effect, you have, um, um, when Emmett Till was buried, his mom held an open casket so people can see how ruthless these people were. And she was advised not to, but because she did, there were so many changes that came from that. And so many changes were implemented because she showed the brutality of her son's murder. And it really helped and really kind of started a change, started a movement. And I just read that uh, Mr. Lloyd's parents, his mom, they held an open casket funeral. And the casket was not designed to be open casket, but somehow they made it work. But she wanted an open casket funeral. And I think things like that, it kind of, I'm not a firm believer in open casket funerals. I know in the South, they do it a lot. Um, I'm not a firm believer in it, but in this case, I, I feel like it's, it's perfect for the time. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's always been there. Uh, always, always been there. Yeah. And I, th- I agree with you. I think it comes back to that same thing. It's painful, but it's necessary. Like we can't, we have to stop not looking at this stuff anyway. I can you maybe you guys can I just can't understand what's so difficult about cops saying we need to change like starting from the top I'm hearing a few police chiefs but what is it about people having a problem admitting fault or that they're wrong like you'll never hear a person rarely I'm not going to say never rarely will you hear a person say I, I voted for the wrong person. I shouldn't have, I, I, I was wrong. Or you don't hear people say they're wrong or accept fault or, or accept responsibility for the error in their ways. It's like they just want business as usual. Like I, I, I don't understand. Maybe you guys can help me. What do, you, what do you guys think is, why is it so difficult for people to say we need to, we need to make some changes and just make it a uniform change across the country as far as policing goes i think change is hard and ego is powerful man i think it's a combination you know we've been doing it this way it is what it is and to change is really hard and well and you can and you can't count out just intrinsic racism let's be honest it's in um 
Yeah. It's in yeah. many aspects of our society, all aspects of our society, truly. Um, it's what we're built on. And you can't, you can't, we have all these conversations. We can't just ignore that, you know, and, and I love my country. I love being part of the United States, but you can't deny the history here, the bloody history. I mean, we came in, we took over, there was millions, you know, actually, is it millions? Yeah. It's millions of native Americans that were just killed or died from disease. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, that's the or, foundation. That's what we're built on. That's the very yeah. land that we, that this country resides on was a, was a land that belonged to many other uh, nations of people before. So you start there, you know, and then you have the Atlantic slave trade and bringing slaves over and like everything's built. Like we can't escape how deeply rooted these problems are. And to think that, you know, that's why I used to get so fierce before all this happened. I'd hate when I would hear people talk about like, you know, slavery's over, you know, it's time to get over it, man. Like, come on, that's, that's not us. That's not this generation. That's the, it's like, bro, like everything is built on it. Everything we know yeah. and s stuff we don't even consciously think about. It's all embedded in our culture. And we have to, it's a lot, I think it's a long, tedious process to, to get that sorted out. But it starts with compassioning and compassion and listening to each other. Well, well, that and, and what you just said, that this country has never formally apologized for, for racism and slavery. Well, not racism, but slavery. This country has never really truly, if you look at it, they've thrown a couple of bones here and there. They've never truly acknowledged slavery. And a lot of people... For a lot of people, like what you just said, Donna, a lot of people stop at slavery. But there were an additional 100, 200 years, 100 years of Jim Crow that went on. When Jim Crow, you know, started to fall apart, then you have uh, the prison systems and institutionalized racism. So it's always been something to make sure that people don't catch up. And people have to realize that that the black race primarily we're three, four, five hundred years behind because of all of these compiled issues. You know, three hundred years of slavery, hundred years of and and I and I know for a fact I, I've I've studied this after slavery was was denounced, uh, it didn't end. It didn't end. No, for sure like it didn't. Nope. It did not end. There were. I heard, um, we went on a tour and I heard from someone, their family members grew up on a plantation that we went to and she was telling us um, people remained slaves for another 25, 30 years after they said slavery ended. They didn't even know um, that they were free because they weren't told. And you have slave owners because they had to surrender, quote unquote, their property. They received reparations for slavery because it was looked at, their slaves were looked at as property and loss of property. So you have all of these issues that have never been addressed, but they've always remained elephants in the room for this country as a whole. So I, I think you got to start at square one before you can jump to square Z and say, this needs to be, we need to fix this. It's like, no, like acknowledge it first and foremost. It's not even, and you can tell me this, it's not even, and should be a major part of school curriculum. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't think, 
I don't think I'm pretty sure that it isn't. As a matter of fact, I've read that a lot of places they refer to it as uh, indentured servants and not not per se slavery. So it's in a sense kind of being swept under the rug in some history books. And it's not it. I mean, you're talking 300 years. How can you not spend five minutes of class time on something that transpired over 300 years and then what followed after that? Have you ever heard of critical pedagogy before? It's like, um, this is essentially what my whole master's, I just started a master's degree. This is what it's on. And it's on taking a look at the traditional education system and understanding that what, what critical, critical pedagogy says is that we need to really not only, we have, we have to teach for the purpose of uh, social change. For the better, and we have to recognize like all of the embedded um, racism, sexism, everything that's just just part of our subconscious. It's just part of our culture. And to take that, and then also to literally teach that to the kids, teach those skills of social mobility, and how help them to understand. Because the very traditional school system, we've talked about this too before, Pierce, is it's built on, you know, the, the students are the receivers of information, the teachers are the distributors of information. It's an automatic power dynamic, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that is established. And so this idea is exactly what you're talking about. It's about really making us all aware what really does history look like? Why are things the way that they are? Let's be honest about statistics and and ethnic minorities. And let's take a look at, at the disadvantages that are just inherent in our system. And let's talk about how you know what students can offer teachers like what ideas do you guys have and like bringing everybody into the conversation to do exactly what you're saying make this part of curriculum literally like this is part of what we teach kids is like to understand the history of our own country and that includes and that includes you know those in more um privileged communities understanding their privileged position and understand that we are going through a system that whether you realize it or not is teaching you to be an oppressor. You know, the same way it's also teaching, you know, those in disadvantaged positions that their role is the one of less power in, in the dynamic between the two. So, so it's funny that you're talking about that. That's literally what I'm, I'm studying right now, but, but it's not practiced. Yeah. I, I, um, when you said automatically the power dynamic is set, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Because, I mean, when you think about it, that's really deep because teachers rarely allow their students to talk, express their feelings, or, or express right. their day-to-day lives and what they go through and what they've already – I think some of these teachers would be floored if they knew what their kids have already experienced in their lives. And I'm not just talking about racism and and things of that sort, but the things that kids have seen and heard personally, you know, be it police, uh, be it exposure to drugs, things of that sort, but these kids rarely get a chance to, to talk and, and really kind of open up and, and tell people about real life mm-hmm. uh, and, and their day-to-day struggles. You know, a lot of people think about kids not eating, not you know, not having food, but, you know, allow that kid to tell you how the, how the cops fuck with them when they're on their way home or, you know, when they're outside of their house or their next door neighbor, you know, things, seeing the cop rough up their next door neighbor and things, just sharing stories like that to see how this is early on uh, uh, problems. Hmm. 
Yeah. And, and, and also the idea is taking that into the curriculum. Cause like the curriculum we have, you know, it's these, it's these old school ideas and it's all standardized testing and these quantitative skills that we're measuring. And the students really don't have a whole lot of say in what they're learning or why they're learning it. Um, and then in addition to that, like preparing lessons for students, like how many teachers take the time to really get to know your students. Like obviously on day one of the first day of school, it's very hard to have anything for them because you don't know who they are. How do you know, you, how can you teach them in a way that they can relate it to their own lives because if they can't relate it to their own lives it's just it's invaluable it's just brain i don't want to say brainwashing that might be a a strong way to put it but it's just basically pre-programmed yeah exactly and we're we're programmed to be producers not critical thinkers and that's where the shift needs to happen i think and that would it's it's an integral part of everything we're talking about with what's happening now with these protests and social change that's needed and that kind of stuff you know, I, in my neighborhood, I don't know if you guys have neighborhood Facebook pages, but we have, you know, people are putting up all lives matter, blue lives matter. This one lady, she put up blue all, uh, yeah, blue lives matter. This one lady, um, this one lady put up um, a post the other day, and it was about all of the cops that were injured in during the protest and things of that sort in every state and i went in like i'm i'm i i get offended by things like that and of course we love and care about police officers but this is a lady who is quiet as a church mouse pissing on cotton when <laughs> we're talking about black lives matter and you know the issues at hand uh you know she puts a post up about a cop being shot in Las Vegas and, and, uh, you know, grow silent when it comes to anything with, for minorities. Um, these, this is the type of community that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm fighting. I told Joella, um, two, three, four weeks ago before this popped off, I said, I'm just, it's, I told her two things. I said, it's really hard being black and I'm just tired. I'm really tired like i can see a lot of things clear and a lot of things are coming together like a puzzle and i and i don't know why i told her that or why i said i said i'm just really it's it's really tiresome to always have to explain to people like you know this situation or that situation and we have cops that live out here and i've got into an argument uh again on the community page with one of the spouses and i'm like so so i already know where i stand and it's just amazing to me like i want to support my community a lot of people have small businesses things of that sort out in this community and i we have sworn off purchasing hiring anyone from our own community just because we've been disappointed by their beliefs and they're so blunt with it because they feel like their business isn't going to be impacted um but I, I would probably go on a limb and say that it is. We've also had a lot of a lot of white people that haven't said anything like on the pages and they've <coughs> reached out to me privately. Um, you know, we're thank you for being a voice. And, and I'm like, they're t- people are tired of hearing my voice. They need to hear your voice. But people won't speak up. They won't. Some of these people, I'm not going to say all, some of them will not speak up, but they'll private, they'll private message me saying, thank you. 
that needed to be said or this, that, and the third, but they won't speak up at all. And it's like this social network where they don't want to be alienated by, you know, some of their, I guess, friends in this neighborhood. Uh, so it's exhausting, but I think, again, going back to this perfect timing, people have nothing but time to see and hear. And I think the battle is going to be, be long, uh, but I don't even think, has, has Trump ever even said, someone asked me the other day, if I recalled ever hearing Trump say Black Lives Matter at all at any point, I, I don't think he's he's ever been on record of, of saying that. Like just saying the phrase, saying the name, you mean? Yeah. I, I, I Or if he has, I think he's kind of like Antifa, he's referring to this, he's quickly made this a racist, not a racist, he's made it a uh, terroristic or organization, um, which I don't know enough about them, maybe you guys do, but everything, every indication that I get from reading about them, that's not what the majority of them are. It's not what they stand for. But he was quick to label them uh, a terrorist organization, but you know, one of his good old boy organizations, he's, he's yet again quiet yeah antifa is um the name comes from it was a a anti-fascism anti-fascist movement uh post you know nazi era uh no you know i don't i don't know i I, clearly we have a president that shows no empathy for any of this um doesn't seem to this like nothing man zero no coronavirus nothing yeah, just talking about oh, I'll send in the troops if uh, if yeah. you, if the states can't handle it on their own, we'll send in the troops and we'll uh, take care of the problem for them. I think he said something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard when that's your leader, man. It's like I don't know. Do you? Do you okay, let me ask you guys. Maybe I'm way off base with this, but I, I'm going to say that I don't. You guys still feel like we live in a first world country? Yeah. You what do you well, mean? Why would go ahead? Yeah, Pierce, go ahead. Why would you say yeah? Just because of the stuff that we have, you know, we're not struggling for water every single day. A majority of us are not struggling for water every day. You know, that divides us from a lot of the world. You know, water just in itself, clean water. Um, technology is another one. I mean, pretty much everyone has access to some sort of form of technology, you know, via even if it's free Wi-Fi hotspots, stuff like that, you know, someone could get access to getting on to a computer or something like that. They know somebody, this and that, you know, whereas you're in a third world country, you know, someone will not know somebody indirectly that has access to those things. So, yeah, that's why I would say we are first... <coughs> world and that just because of the and 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 first world too just because of the power that we possess as far as purchasing goes exporting importing stuff like that um that derive that you know that makes us a, a huge you know power into that so that's why i would say that yes we're still a first now, if you if you were looking at the news the nightly news you saw military presence from a foreign country on their streets, what what would you? How how does that? What what's your first impression of of that of that country? 
Uh, well, I don't know. I guess it's. I guess I'm. I'm pretty moderate as as those kind of things. I probably look at things from everyone's point of view. You know, at one point in time, you could probably say it looks like it's a shit show. Um, at another point in time, you can say it looks like it's progressing. That these people have caught on. That pro, you know, protesting and and being activists against something is trying to help their country become better. You know, than what it is currently. So. I mean, there's two ways to look at that, I guess. Um, but, when I was also- see, but like when you see military presence on the nightly news, you know, in the streets of China, um, um, you know, basically silencing people, intimidating pe- people, when you see helicopters flying low, military helicopters flying low over cities, and you see this on the news, we have, we all have seen this in other countries. What, like, like for instance, Iraq, uh, North Korea. What, what are your impressions? Do you do? Would you refer to China as being a first world country? Yeah, I, I think they're a first world country too, just because of again the purchasing power, the importing, the exporting stuff like that, technology. Um, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that. I mean, their freedoms are are different. A lot different um but i actually had a buddy send me an article recently um talking about china and um that they're going through a potential a change um that the communist party is supposed to be done pretty soon that they're having like an uprising up there secretly and this and that and um some chinese billionaire is trying to um do a new federal China out there trying to push out the old communist party and bring in a more democratic country. So you, you, so first world country to you is kind of defined by commerce. Yeah. yeah. Commerce and the ability to, well, for, not just commerce, but again, the ability to, to be able to, There he is. He's back. <laughs> so sorry. I, I cut myself out of the call. Joe <laughs> Pierce. Um, but no, I was just saying, I think, I don't think it's just heavily defined on, um, on that. My God, dude, it's right now. Sorry. I'm looking, I got distracted. You guys like outside of my window right now, it is a hurricane. Is the winds out. Yeah. The yeah. winds outside are like 60 miles an hour, dude. The trees are breaking and it's crazy outside. Anyways, um, no, I, I think it, uh, I think they're first world just because of the ability to have accesses to those things, you know, places like you know Syria, stuff like that, you know, where they don't have all those accesses to things, you know, um, you know, countries in Africa, you know, those are third world countries because they don't have access to a lot of technologies, water, you know, food, stuff like that to necessitate life by themselves. So. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think. So when I think about first world country, I kind of look at it kind of as a full circle and pieces of a pie. Uh, obviously with commerce being, being one as well. But I also think about, you know, life, lifestyle, uh, freedoms, military things, you know, just all of the above essentially. Um, 
And I feel, I almost feel like we're losing grasp on, on being a first world country. Just my, my personal opinion. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen like military helicopters hovering over cities. Like, like tell me what, what civilized first world country do you see activities like that when you have soldiers and, and, and Trump instructing the presidents, the presidents instructing their leaders to lock people up for 10 years. So all of the, you'll never see this stuff again. This is a direct quote from him. You'll never see this kind of stuff again to lock people up for 10 years. And you see helicopters that are intentionally hovering above buildings and you see military. And if he, he warns the governors, if you can't do it, I'll bring in the U S military. When you see law enforcement, using tear gas and clearing paths for their leader to walk through strictly for a North Korean photo op. That, that to me sounds like you're losing some grasp on on being classified. The United States, I will probably tell you the United States probably is not the go-to country anymore. The United States is not looked at as the leader. Um, I, I feel very confident in saying that, that, we're not the first country that's called any longer, but that, so the full circle to me, um, is, is a little bit more than, than commerce. I look at you know, the, the actions that have taken place and I, I, I feel like we're losing grasp on being a first world country, you know, just because you see nice cars, things of that sort, that's all over China, nice cars, nice homes, et cetera, et cetera. But we, always frown upon countries using military force for their leaders, you know, laughter, if you will. Um, and I just don't know if first, that's something that first world countries really resort to. So I, I kind of feel like we're, we're losing that. I know we've lost a leader of the world, um, but I just don't, I don't know. I feel like we're losing the ability to be referred to as a first world country just because of some of the things that I've seen this president say and do it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Well, I think the, cause like the three main elements of a first world country, it's capitalistic economy, right? High standard of living. Um, but I think what you're talking about a lot is like rule of law. Cause I think yeah. that's, that's a big, that's a characteristic of a first world country and it's the laws being undermined, not just by the president, but also the actions of these police officers that don't get charged. You know what I mean? It's blatant. These things are, they're illegal. Let's be honest. They should be right. Yeah. So the failure of rule of law, I could see there's an argument to say, you know, those terms are hard for me. First world, second world, third world. And it gets real squirrely, especially when you look at like the gap between the rich and the poor, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, this is a first world country. And, you know, maybe a, a, if you're looking at it from an overall, but if you look at it at a more microscopic level, you see all these pockets of communities that are, are truly struggling at the same time. And you're like, yeah, I guess they're in a first world country, <laughs> you know, like and Mike the said. They, hmm? <laughs> and the, the, the wealth separation yes. is yep. the greatest it has ever been in growing on a daily basis. Like there are people making the, the separation is created, is, is, has grown exponentially just off of coronavirus alone. So, oh, yeah. you know, every time there's an issue like this, well, there's nothing like 
in our lifetime that is happening in our lifetime, but Uh-oh. situations like this, the recession. Are you still there? They're they're even further. So that and dollars frozen, I think. Yeah, well, I see, and on my end, <laughs> on my end, you guys oh. were frozen. So you were talking, but it was kind of cutting in and out a little bit there on my end. I kicked my son off the internet before <laughs> we started. I told him, "Hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you." What I was saying, Tony, is that the 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 wealth gap has just. I, mean, I after about how much grown. Yeah, we're having technical. Yeah, I'm having technical issues on this end. I'm gonna I leave. It's probably like this. I'm gonna leave the. Bit. I'm gonna leave the call and rejoin. Uh, I have losing connection with them. <laughs> I kicked my son off of his video game, so hopefully, uh, it's not related to my Wi-Fi. Um, let's try and rejoin this call. Let's see if it will let me. It's not. For some reason, it's not letting me rejoin. So I'm just going to have to keep here with this monologue right now. <laughs> trying to get back into the call. Let's try and join the meeting. Saying the site can't be reached. Uh, it's In fact, I believe it's saying that I have no internet. This is super fantastic. We've been having all kinds of issues at my house with internet in the uh, in recent weeks. In fact, they've even got a like a mobile cell tower that went down recently uh, i think what i'm gonna have to do is pause the computer because i have zero internet oh are we still con- we're still not connecting so i think i'm gonna have to go ahead and pause the podcast and then we will restart once i have internet again so sorry uh, you probably won't notice much different uh difference it'll just pause just for a second and then we should resume Okay, I've, I've had to hotspot my phone. Looks like we lost the internet because of the storm outside. Uh, so I'm rejoining the call. Oh, there he is. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Dude, so I think our whole neighborhood uh, lost Wi-Fi, or at least anybody who's got the same one we have. So everything's down right now. We just lost it throughout the house. Um, and it's like you said, Pierce, it's thrashing outside. So I don't know if that has That's what I was just telling him. Yeah, that's what I was just telling him. I was like, I wonder if the internet got knocked out yeah, over there. Yeah, I'm on a hotspot through my cell phone right now. Uh, oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, bad news, man. So sorry about that. We were recording again. I recorded just a little thing explaining to the podcast listeners, and then I just paused <laughs> it for a minute, got, got shit set up, and then I'm back. You know what's so, wild, though? What's that? <laughs> and maybe you can see this, too. Um, does his does his video look clearer now that he's on his hotspot for his phone? <laughs> That's fucking awful. Are you serious? <laughs> does his video look clearer, Tyson? Tony? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not as pixelated. See? <laughs> you, were, you were more pixelated. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, no, so it does seem like... Because I, I wanted to get your take, too. Oh my God! What were we? We were talking about first and third world, and 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 I gotta add to that. Um, do you know? Uh, do you know? Um, what what would we deem as a second world country? Because I've only heard first and and third, but I'm pretty sure second exists. But right. what would we deem? You know what I mean? Well, and I've so heard too because. 
Right. I think that there's um, there's something to. Damn it! I just lost my. <laughs> I lost my um, call. Am I still on the call? Do you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, there yeah. it is. There it is. Sorry. That's too many tabs going at the same time. Um, no. Say. I. You know what? I think. <sighs> It, those terms are used loosely and in different ways and may even have different definitions at different times. Cause there's also the thing about like first world was considered like the U S and, and Japan and um, I'm trying to think of who else who and, 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 go ahead, Pierce, you got something there? Yeah. So the definition of a second world is countries that were once controlled by the Soviets. Okay. So what they're deemed as is they were essentially planned economies and one party States. So communism, essentially. Um, Interesting. Is, is a second world country, is, if I want to say. Communism and probably dictatorship, too, since it's just a one-party state. Mm. So, But they don't use the word second world anymore. That died in the 90s, it says, after the Cold War ended. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. There's not you, very many. Because not very many, I guess, one-party states nowadays or countries. So, but like when you're, I mean, you feel like you're being ruled ruled by our dictator. Uh, countries that are ruled by dictators that considered. Yeah, it's a one party. World? It's a one party. Yeah. So that would technically be considered first world, or could be second world, technically. So. Again, in, that, in that definition of the sense, yes. Yeah. It's just a one-party nation. So do you see, like, again, does it kind of feel like we're um, not looking for agreement, just more so conversation about it? But, like, when you have a president that's tweeting law and order and, you know, he's parting the Red Sea, well, he's parting protesters like the Red Sea with, his show of military and police force so he can go for a photo op. Um, that doesn't feel very first world to me. You know, um, when you hear, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm confusing democracy with first world, but it doesn't feel very first world to me when I see and, and read and things like this that are happening from, the guy who's supposed to be at the very top when he tweets law and order and you have to be tough and basically go out there and crack some skulls and give him 10 years. He literally said to the governors, give him 10 years so we'll never see this stuff again. You have to go there and start locking people up and give them 10 years. Like, so the gov- when did the governors become the judge um, and jury to determine if someone deserves 10 years? So just things like that, is, you, you know, am I making sense with? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, when, in well, in that same conversation, because you're talking about the conversation he had with the governors. Yeah. In that same conversation. He also said, "Why don't you prosecute people? You got the videos. You got photos." I'm like, "Yeah, there's going to be somebody at the fucking police station that's going to go through and look at every goddamn picture and photo, right. and then somebody's going to go out onto the streets and find all these goddamn people." Like, and give them 10 years. And, and he literally <laughs> said 10 years. He wanted to give them 10 years. Like, nobody's going to do that, bro. Nobody's going to do And his reason was, so we will never see this again. That that type of stuff doesn't feel very first world to me. 
Yeah, as you were just saying, I think there's a lot of ambiguity around those terms, first world, and they've been used in different ways and, and a lot of stuff. But I definitely get the general idea of what you're saying. You know, it yeah, doesn't feel. So do I. Yeah. It, and I and I agree with you, man. It feels it feels real weird. It feels real fucking weird right now and, and a bit scary, um, especially when you look back on all the things that happened, you know, 20 years ago with, you know, 9-11 and all that stuff and the Patriot Act and this progressively stripping away the rights that were sort of, um, I don't know if I'd say unique to our country, but definitely characteristic of our country. Um, so that's, it's frightening in general to see that trend and, and that move in that way. And, you know, threats of just taking the military into States and taking over situations like that and making statements like you just said about locking them up for 10 years to make sure this doesn't happen again. It's like, what is this? Can you define, I'd love to hear you define this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He literally, that's literally, and I'm quoting though, I'm not paraphrasing. He said this, and Mike, you're the researcher. I'm pretty sure you can find that in a matter of seconds, what, what he was saying, but it just doesn't, I don't know. I feel like we're losing grasp on, you know, when people are saying they don't think Trump's going to leave the white house, should he lose, you know, there, this guy still has 32% from a recent poll still agree with him and his actions and what he has done 32%. Yeah. I've seen this. Do you see those videos from the daily show where they're like interviewing um, Trump supporters sure. and kind of pressing them and asking them questions, you know, about why they support them. And they would, they would ask him a question based on a principle, you know, is it because of this principle that he does? And they're like, yeah, 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 totally. And they're like, well, what about this thing he did that directly contradicts that? And I mean, it's kind of considered not acceptable by most people. Wouldn't you say and like, yeah, but I still support him. You know, it's like, there's no logic. There's no, there's none of that happening. It's just blind support, which is also characteristic of those like one nation. I'm sorry, one one party nations like you're talking about, Pierce. I feel like that's like, that's part of it. You guys remember like a couple years ago when I said that um, why I felt like Trump won and why I think he still has the strong supporters that the real underlying reason was because the U.S. Census Bureau has projected that that the Caucasian will become the minority the the, mi the majority will be the minority in 2032 yeah. yes and everything he has done and implemented and said has been an attack and, and and a way to combat that one thing from day one <laughs> well he should be promoting he should promote be promoting un uh unprotected sex then <laughs> <laughs> well you <laughs> <laughs> That's why he probably loves the Mormon community. Um, but like from from you know, the the South Americans that come here for that are looking for a better better life from started with Mexico and his hatred travel further south and everything has been an attack against immigrants and minorities from day one. From day one. Yeah. It was the wall. It was they the, still ride with him. They still yeah. ride with this dude. Yep. It's the, it was the wall. It was yeah. The wall. Yeah. And they, they soaked it up and sucked it down with a straw <laughs> in hope of maintaining that majority status. But it's, I told someone, this guy was a Trump supporter, and I told him, and this really crawled, crawled under his skin because he lost all character. He lost character anyway when he told me he voted for Trump, but 
I told him, I said, you do realize um, it's inevitable. And he said, what's inevitable? I said, you will become a minority in this country. So you can use Trump to try to fight your battle, but it is inevitable that you're going to become a minority. And I've always said that a lot of these white males are scared shitless. White people, a lot of them, not all, obviously, are scared shitless about how they've treated minorities since the, since the inception of this country. And the last thing they want behind their names is minority. That scares them to death. So they'll allow Trump to come in and just rummage through the White House, tear the fucking country apart, leave it in, in, in shambles and burning just so they can hopefully maintain that status during their lifetime for, the, for that, that much longer. Yeah. One thing that will always resonate with me, and this is from a comedy special. Um, this is from Chris Rock's Bigger and Blacker um, when he was talking about racism and, and you know, um, you know, he had stated um, that none of the white people in the audience would trade places with him for a day. And he goes, and I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's what he said. Yeah. He goes, none of you would change places with me for a day and I am rich. Have you seen the experiment of the white lady with the glasses? I can't remember her name. She's pretty well known where she has an audience of all yeah. white people. Yep. I've seen that too. Yeah. Have you seen that dollar? No. What yep. are you talking about? What is this? Mike, who, who, who is the lady? Um, she, so a lady, this white lady does an experiment where she has an audience, an all white audience. And she asks something along those. She asks a question along those lines. Doesn't she Mike? like, yeah, many of you would, trade places or or become black or want to be black for a day not a single person in that audience raised their hand and she said something about that is racism or that is white privilege right there something along those lines and i cannot remember i'll have to send it to you but she is constantly conducting experiments or or polls when she does a lot of speaking engagements, I don't know, but she does a lot of speaking engagements. Yeah, sorry for that loud beep there that cut you off. Are you guys hearing me? Or are we frozen? Am I yeah. frozen? Oh, okay. okay. Oh, thank God. I'm I'm trying to. I'm finding it. Pull up the video or whatever. Yeah, I got it. I got the video. <laughs> There, I got it. I'm gonna share your screen or something here. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. I don't know. Could you hear anything I said? I don't know if you can hear it though. No, I don't hear anything. Oh, no, I don't. I don't have it up yet. Oh. <laughs> oh one second. I've also seen these videos too, where you, you know, the to determine if you're privileged or not, and you hold up the. 10 fingers and then take one down for each yeah. thing that was pretty uh enlightening because you know i mean i grew up poor and i grew up around you know all, mostly hispanics and stuff and i always just kind of thought you know like no nah, man i'm in that group <laughs> you know some some you know yeah. deceiving myself until we you know i did one of those videos with my wife and we're sitting there and her fingers are going down and mine are not <laughs> you know and you're like holy shit man if ever there was a way to so clearly see it um it's just, it's almost like Corona. It's like this hidden monster that you don't see, yeah. but it's definitely there. And someone actually referred to it as that, that we're fighting 
two invisible viruses right now. Mm. Same time. Huh. I can see that. Any luck over there, Pierce? You're trying to. Yeah, see, I'm trying to do it, but let's see here. You know what? What's her name? Does it say her name? Uh, really Jane, Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. Jane Elliott. Yeah. Jane. I don't know. If, maybe I can hear. You know what? I can. It's not letting me do it on my screen. It says I have permissions. I need to do. Mr. Pierce. It says I have permissions. You know, I have a MacBook, so they get all mad at me when I try to add things. Here, let me send you the chat. Maybe one of you guys can pull it up. Yeah, you're getting real technical here. There you go. Did it? There you go, Dollar. Does that work? Can you do it? Would you send it to me? I'm my... every white person in this room. Can you guys hear that? Yep. If this society in general treats our citizens, our black citizens, if you as a white person would be happy to receive the same treatment that our black citizens do in this society, please stand. You didn't understand the directions. If you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. You should share your screen, Tyson. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. That's pretty strong. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, uh... That's okay. No worries. I think I, I get the <laughs> gist of it there. That's heard, um, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's powerful. I <laughs> stand if you want to be treated the same. No one would trade places. Same thing from the Chris Rock. You know, it's like it's yeah. it's not going to happen. And she's been doing this. They said she's been doing this. Um, she started doing these experiments the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Mm. Is when she started. She they call them. She calls them exercises. Huh. <laughs> Um, change directions just slightly here. Um, you guys hear Drew Brees and what he said, and, yeah, and then his apology, and then basically yeah. Trump basically saying, you know, you shouldn't apologize, you should have doubled down, and then Brees responds yeah. and says, no, 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 I stand behind my apology. Uh, what do you guys think? Did you hear what he said? Either one of you guys, do you guys hear the exact? Yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Um, Mike, you want to go and no, go ahead, go ahead. So. I I learned some things about Drew Brees that I didn't know. I didn't I didn't like I didn't. And it's okay. It's fine. He's apparently a staunch staunch Republican, and he is, you know, the religion, guns, freedom. You know, he's that type of person. Where's he originally from? That. Isn't isn't he Southern? Uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Keep going. I thought he was a California. I think he's yeah, he's a California kid. Is he really? Okay. Yeah. So I um I was disappointed. He he Drew hurt me. You guys know how much I love New Orleans. Like I love New Orleans that so much so to the fact that we were talking about buying another place or or relocating to New Orleans. Um because I love that city i know how much they embrace drew and it was really disappointing and and i'm i'm you know a lot of people say well but he donates a lot of money to charities and things of that sort word still 
count. Words still matter. And for him to completely disregard so many other people that struggled, people that fought in World War and struggled to come home as, as, as black men and could not fight alongside his grandfather and had to form their own platoons and things of that sort and be treated less than half a man when they came home donning the uniform. It, to me, it was, it was a blatant, and, and I heard that the, the answer or him saying that was completely unprompted, which, which was even worse because that wasn't the topic. And he put out a statement, you know, he obviously the very next day, he, I guess he had an epiphany in his dreams and the next day he apologized. And I don't know if it's genuine. Yeah. I, I think, I don't, I think if Drew was out of the league, I think Drew would, I think Drew would uh, stick by his gun, so to speak, and what he said and meant what he said and leave it at that. I think because of the fact that he's still in the league, he's going to walk those back. And then I read something today because he, you know, responded to Donald Trump because Donald Trump said Drew Brees should not apologize. And I, I read this and someone made a comment about it and it was just like, and this is the skepticism and you you have to realize that people are going to be skeptical and analyze everything that you say once you've once you've shown who you were the first time and he said something along the lines that and this is a quote we can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities this was in the statement that he wrote to Donald Trump Right. Now, I see a weird look on both of your faces. Now, someone said, um, this is this is a guy said, at this point, Breeze is going too far and almost seems to be acting like an informant. And he quoted, he quoted that same exact quote, that we can't use the flag diversion uh, distraction any longer. Basically, they're on to us. So that, that, uh, I don't, I take it with a grain of salt, man. I hope they light his ass up this year. By the way, he's, um, he is, he's a, a Texas kid, man. He's from Dallas. Yeah. He, Dallas, he? yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Very privileged. Yeah. His, his dad was a lawyer or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the Texas A&M and all that stuff. Yeah. They're all, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, yeah I know he, he was, they said he grew up, but I'm just thinking you've, you know what the hell the struggle was about. You, your, your locker room is 90% black. You know exactly. The NFL is probably seventy-five to eighty-five percent black. You know exactly what the hell the struggle was about, and I just—it sucks to me. It sucks. He really, he really disappointed me because I'm not a Saints fan. Um, but he's—he is a but, super role model, and you know, and he's been that way for for a while, and particularly I, I've after. I've always really admired him, man. Always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing was really was really interesting um just how what do you think yeah same i really didn't know much about drew Brees other than you know i knew sort of his heroic status uh, after katrina and, and that whole deal um but yeah you know it did and, and but i think he, it wasn't totally unprompted i think wasn't there an interviewer and i think he specifically asked him what his thoughts were on kneeling um 
and then that was when he he immediately starts talking about the flag, you know, and disrespecting the flag. So it was just very clear from the beginning that his understanding and kneeling was like a dis is disrespectful to the flag. Whereas, I mean, I don't know. I certainly can't speak for other people, but I know for me, to me, it's almost the opposite. It's like kneeling is standing up for that flag. Kneeling is what this country is about. You know, the the fact that that we have to acknowledge our problems and that we are striving for equality, um, whether we have a fully achieved it or not. That's part of who we are as Americans, you know. And and part of the reason we even started this country. So yeah, it was odd. It was I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I just didn't know much about him other than as an athlete. So it was kind of the whole thing was odd. That kneeling as as a form of disrespect to the flag, just because of so many things that we do and we kneel out of respect when we propose to our wives or you know being fair to our husbands. Uh, we we kneel when we have. Uh, you know, a moment of silence, we kneel when we are showing respect to, you know, like even on the football field, when, when one of their teammates, it could be someone on the opposite team or someone at another football game and they get wind of it, the first thing they do is they kneel. And kneel is all, when, they, when they end the games, they all go to the center of the field and they kneel to pray together. It's always been a sign of respect when you go before the altar you kneel. There are so many things you do as symbols of respect. And when Colin was sitting down, I would probably say that was disrespect. When he, he actually <coughs> received, as you know, he received the idea to kneel because of a Green Beret Special Forces guy telling him this is what you should do instead of sitting down. But the fact that Colin even opened up the dialogue to this guy who he never thought, the guy never thought that Kaepernick would write him back. Not only did he write him back, he invited him out to, to speak to him before the last preseason game of that, that season. And he suggested to Colin Kaepernick to, to kneel. And Colin Kaepernick had full, full reason and justification for kneeling. And I, 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 I think Roger Goodell, as a man, owes Colin Kaepernick a direct and manly apology. And I, they, it, it was good that he put out a statement, but it was a very vague statement because everyone knows who you're talking about and who you're talking to, essentially. Then say the man's name. That's what I felt Goodell should have done is, is personally address Colin Kaepernick as a human being and as a man. We owe you an apology. So, yeah, I Drew disappointed me, man, going back to that. I... I I really like Drew Brees, and I know how much the city loves him down there. The guy's on a rotating pedestal down there, seriously. He and the Mannings. Those guys are, are rotating. Archie Manning still lives there, and I think uh, you know he, he doesn't live in a gated community or anything like that like Drew Brees does. Brees lives in a gated community near Tulane, uh, very, very, probably actually the most expensive community in New Orleans. But... Uh, I was disappointed and let down, and I'm. I would be surprised if New Orleans didn't didn't run him out of the city, man. I, I this goes beyond games. I think I, there was a protest where they were saying "F Drew Brees" uh, in the city of New Orleans. So there, he could he could be too much trouble, too much headache at this point. How weird to have a fall from grace like that. 
Yeah, um, and then, then to have an epiphany, I guess, overnight, like you didn't know why they were kneeling, like you were just waking up from a deep sleep uh, to have an epiphany that you see and understand now. Well, where the hell were you when it was actually happening in your where you work? You know, so I, I don't think I, I don't, I don't know. He's got a long road to recovery. I can tell you that much. No doubt. Um, hey, Pierce, I don't know how much longer we're going to go. I, I had a few things I, I did want to cover. Did you want to speak to that at all? What did you think of, of the Bruce, of, of the Breeze situation and like what he said? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because, you know, the Drew Breeze Foundation that they have down there does a lot for not just the black community, but the community in general. So I know his wife did a giant apology, like on Instagram. You know, stating that um, you know because they're white, they are. Pro- this, she wrote an all cap, all cap, saying that we are the problem. You know that because we're white, we don't see the racial injustices that are happening. We don't understand it, and this and that, and and you know, kind of apologizing for him too, saying that he missed the mark. You know, saying you know, saying that he wasn't trying to say he was disrespecting you know, the whole movement itself that he was just saying is just disrespectful to, to the flag in general. But I mean, again, I, I do. I mean, I like Drew Brees too, you know, and, and like I said, he does a lot for the community down there in New Orleans. I mean, when we were down there and I was down there with Tyson that one time, man, that's all there is. It's like Drew Brees shit everywhere. Like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, literally he's, I, I could see that Mike, if, if they were lived in a bubble in, in, in North Dakota. I could give them the benefit of the doubt. But they live in New Orleans, where it's New like Orleans. Yes. black. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I, could, I could see that if that were the case. But it was just, just wow. I don't, I don't, and he like went in depth and was very, very strong. Very, you know, there was no stuttering. He was very sure in his tone and his words. And I think maybe not even come out and apologize the next day because that was almost a larger insult. Yeah. There's no way you had a change of heart that quickly. No way. These yeah, are, his, com- his completion percentage is about to be way down. All those black receivers are about to drop a lot of balls. Yeah. The number he of- asked his old line, what the hell happened on that block? Yeah. Wow. He was sacked 14 <laughs> times in the first three minutes. Yeah. yeah when the running back misses that block. <laughs> yeah. They will say black lives matter now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, that's, um, a pretty, that's a pretty good question, man. I, I, I completely forgot about that guy, but yeah, that, yeah, because yeah, we've been down to New Orleans, Tony. You, you, actually, they don't have Mike. I don't think I saw kombucha down there. <laughs> Unless they have a kombucha alcohol, like literal kombucha alcohol, yeah. you're gonna be SOL. Yeah. Um, I mean, you but, have to. Yeah, I mean. You have to be presentable. You have to be lined up. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Tyson can go down there right now and get away with his look right now. Pride, oh, my barber. We've got to go down there in a couple of weeks. Actually, um, I want to try to bar, uh, bribe my barber to do something in my garage, or his garage, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Isolating too. He's and we live like ten minutes away from each other. So I'm like, dude, just this one off. I I. You've got to make it somewhat human. 
uh, <laughs> but but man, that's that's I I dollar. I'd we'd love to be able to get you out of the house because you were self isolating when I was there. <laughs> so this is no change for you. I've got to get you out of the house and take you down. Actually, you went to New Orleans, but you you didn't really get the no. chance to. No, I didn't. Um, we went. Didn't to, he go? Didn't you go to the country part? Yeah, we went oh. to Louisiana. We went to um oh. uh da Bo- City, I believe it's called. It's like right. It's oh, just on the uh, west border of Louisiana, and we talked about it. And we yeah we drove all the way there, and then we talked about driving to New Orleans, but it, I think it was like four or five hour drive still. So, um, but we have talked about taking another trip uh, to Myra's family there, and then this time making making the effort to get down. I would love to as a musician, dude. I, I'd love to see all of it. Um, the hey, arts, the arts. Mike, tell them the the arts, Tony. You'd go down there and have a the the music, the arts. It is just yeah. I, I, I <laughs> the food. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Oh god! Oh god! Yeah. Um, hey, okay. They will shut down streets for music, Tony. Like literally, they will shut down streets for music. Bro. Yeah, see, that's beautiful. That was like it, it. It was probably quite a bit different, but I know Nashville was was sort of similar. Just music, just yeah. everywhere, everywhere you go. Yep. Um, okay, so staying on this kind of the same idea of you know um, athletes and and the current situation. Did you guys happen to see the video of uh, UFC lightweight champion John Jones in the streets? Um, yes, approaching spray paint, approaching looters and taking their spray paint, taking baseball yep. bats and and things like yep. that. What thoughts on that? What did you guys think of that? I'm glad they knew who he was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch somebody get fucked up. <laughs> and I'm glad. Too, well, actually, he seems to be very nice when he's intoxicated. So I'm glad <laughs> he wasn't in a bad mood, and I'm glad they knew who he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and well, did you see the like they had masks on? But if you heard the voices of those kids that he took the the stuff for him, the the spray paint, he said, "Give me that." He's like, "Oh, how was I going to do? Was going to do anything with <laughs> Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones, his voice is all like all crackling and everything like that. You're like, damn, yeah, you're about to get knocked out, kid. Just give him that spray paint. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think he had to snatch it. Seriously, he should have just put his hand out and said, "Give it to me." He did. There, in his hand. Yeah, there were literally there were literally t- <laughs> situations like that where he was not even snatching it. He's literally just give it to me, and they're like, okay, <laughs> immediately, <ended Yeah>. over. <laughs> immediately. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and and that's doing a good thing. And I think that's it's it, as a black athlete too for him to be out there being like, look, you guys, we're standing for something. These are peaceful protests. We're trying. We have to make this stand, and we do not want to get confused with people just taking advantage of the chaos and and kind of stuff. So those looters and protesters are not anonymous no yeah but they become no. conflated i think and particularly in the eyes of police officers um oh yeah for sure you know it's it's hard to tell and well that was a side note too was that there's like these instances instances of um guys dressed in like combat gear not, not combat gear that's the wrong word what am i trying to say like all military black. like military issue all black right so where people gear. people yeah. thought they riot gear thank you People thought they were cops, and then they're like breaking windows and and just creating chaos in general, sort of like that uh, provocateur. You know, a lot of police departments have put out that they publicly that they know that uh, it is uh, um, white nationalist groups that are behind the looting and vandalism that are and opening it up. Yeah, yeah, mm. like it's, kind of, it, it's almost like it's like um, you know how well they they don't do it anymore. But how the police used to um, 
basically like leave keys in cars. Yes. On purpose. I forget what it's called. Um, false something. Like the there, bricks, there, is right? It, is it false entrapment? Is it false yeah. entrapment? I I didn't. Yeah. Well, I don't. They'll still lock you up if you hop in a key car and. Yeah, uh, but I'm just saying it's it's no longer allowed. You can't do that. But it's almost like the same line. So you're saying that some you know that they're going down there breaking the windows and being like let's see if somebody doesn't steal something because yeah. right it's open. and well yeah, and that's and, the and, same same idea with those bricks right i don't know if there's real i think my dad was telling me he heard that that was that somebody uh, that is real they've that got is videos real. they've got videos of white people in cars handing and one lady chased the car down and handed the brick back and said don't 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 be handing fucking black dude a brick like they're riding down, catching groups of black people, handing them bricks. They actually, the FBI broke up two guys, two white guys, um, from handing out Molotov cocktails. They were, they were planning on handing out Molotov cocktails and telling them <laughs> all you have to do is light the rag and throw in it, throw it. And they were literally handing, getting ready to hand things out, and they broke it up. Like, and and, and we had some looters here in Scottsdale. And you, with skateboards, a lot of these people are on skateboards and they're using the skateboards to break out the windows and every last one of them are white. And there are, you can see black people telling them, no, stop it. Like, stop this shit, snatching skateboards and stuff like that. And it's like just to create mass confusion. But a lot of police departments have come out publicly so they know exactly who's, who's behind it. There was these uh, videos that Fran uh, showed me um, about uh, uh, Hispanic neighborhoods, and it was like Hispanic neighborhoods ain't having it. And they were showing like people like busting windows, and then you just see like a ton of Mexican dudes like chasing people down, like don't fucking break these windows, <laughs> like, and, like running them out of their neighborhoods, you know, yeah. like getting them and everything, and and uh, you know kicking them out of their neighborhoods. <laughs> Is one of your questions about the soccer player? No, what soccer player? You didn't hear about that, Mike the, Tyler? It, it's ringing a bell, though. What? Remind me. What? A major league soccer player in L.A. Google it, Mike. This I oh. said I gotta ask Pierce about this. Uh, major league soccer player. I think he just signed, maybe in maybe October, November of last year or something. He got relieved because of his wife's statements. Oh, she, racist and violent social media posts. There it is. Yeah. Whoa. I'm not leaving. It's not frozen. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know the story. Yeah, Alex, Alexander Katai. Just a day ago. Yeah. Looks like she says kill protesters. Damn. Wow. She said that? His wife? Yeah. She was. Yeah. She was urging the police to kill protesters. Oh, my God, dude. What? Uh, where is so, this at? What team or where are these? Uh, the LA, The LA Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it yeah, said uh, the post included a photo with a caption written in Serbian because they're Serbian, urging the police to kill protesters, referring to protesters as disgusting cattle. Ooh, Damn, jeez, man, that's harsh. And so then they released him as a result. Yep, and he and he made an apology. He said the post made by my wife. Uh, Tia Katai and her social media platforms were unacceptable. These views are not ones that I share and not tolerate with my family. Racism, particularly toward the black community, is not only prevalent in the United States and Europe, but across the globe. I strongly condemn white supremacy, racism, and violence towards people of color. Black Lives Matter. Is this mistake 
this is a mistake my family and I take full responsibility. I will ensure that my family and I take the necessary actions to learn, understand, listen, and support the black community. I understand that it will take time to earn back the support of the people of Los Angeles and commit to putting together the necessary to work to learn from these mistakes and be better ally and advocate for the equality going forward. And sorry for the pace these posts have caused the LA galaxy family. And I will end all allies in the fight against racism are, are both. So he's Serbian as well. Him and his wife are yep. Serbian. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. It's, it's, Damn. uh, yeah, that's crazy for him. That's a tough spot to be in, man. Especially if yeah. his apology is super legitimate and he really does not agree with any of that shit, um, that's an inter. That's it within their household, man. Between between uh, the love of his life, there saying some crazy shit. Damn. Hopefully, there's not. A pre- hopefully, you made a prenup. Mike, he made a mention of this is not our beliefs in our household. I'm like, yeah. well, what fuck household are you in? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Well, he's avoiding yeah. saying the obvious, like, I will school my wife. I don't understand what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he just lost his livelihood. He, <laughs> he, you know what I mean? And yeah. Normally, Did you just hear me? I said, hopefully he made yeah. a prenup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, this bitch is gone. <laughs> um, hey, so guys, back to uh, John Jones real quick. Uh, John Jones and Moss Vidal. Did you hear both of these guys now? First, John Jones. Then I heard Moss Vidal saying similar things. Because uh, Moss, the situation with Jones is he's talking about vacating his lightweight title, title moving up to heavyweight, and fighting Francis Ngannou. And he he's basically been saying that his understanding was that if he moved up to heavyweight, obviously takes this higher risk, he would be considered an underdog because he's moving up in weight, that he would be compensated uh monetarily and then dana white is basically saying nope not at all and then they went back and forth in this spat on twitter eventually john jones said release me from my contract and then and then in a totally separate story mas vidal like yesterday said the same thing he said just go ahead just cut me from my contract but my question is where the hell are those guys gonna go dude where are you gonna go bellator and fight some nobody hmm but, they, but, I mean, but look, hold on before but, I shouldn't I don't want to assert that as my main point before I do right. that I should be really clear UFC fighters are tremendously underpaid and I think Dana is damn stingy with with some of this stuff Go ahead. I think he's I think he's stingy with it he's he's not it's not just him stingy with it you got to understand that remember that the UFC was sold to a conglomerate group true so he it's before it, Mike he was like this before he's been like this before. oh yeah yeah but yeah, hey baby, he, yeah. So it's just yeah, it's I understand, but he's also stingy for the even more stingier, I guess, because of the group, the investors. Yeah, he, he was like this from day one, and you know he is a again. I almost feel like he looks at it like he runs a plantation. I mean, I can't put it any other way. Those guys, they can't even get outside endorsements, right? They're not allowed to 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 sign outside endorsements outside of what MMA or UFC signs, which is like what Reebok, um, yeah, and whatever else. Like I, I like who? Why? Who does that? That these these guys can't make their own independent endorsement money. Like I, I just can't, I can't believe that that's tolerated uh, in in today's society. That 
Yeah, it's it's like one of the only sports where they can't have those outside endorsements like that. They have to use the and you know what's you know what drives me crazy too is that like there's certain people that obviously Dana White loves. Yes, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor (laughs) just swings from his nuts. And who has a contract with Reebok? (laughs) Conor McGregor. Is that is that magic? Yeah. Let me tell you guys a quick story about MMA, uh, UFC. So I was in Vegas, and you guys probably know the fight. I don't know if you got it, but there's a there's a guy who's the guy's huge Trump supporter, huge Trump supporter. Oh, and the guy is the guy his butt kicked and he he left the ring. That was the best fight. I was in Las Vegas the night of that fight. I didn't go to the fight because I didn't even know who they were, but I was in a bar in Vegas with some friends, and there were some guys that I would probably deem as white nationalists, huge supporters of that guy. I can't remember his name. And they're cheering when he's talking about Trump and he's wearing the keep America great or make America great again hat, I think going into the ring and things of that sort. That night I lost my voice for a week. It was, it's Colby, Colby Covington is the the fighter. That was the best UFC fight I have ever seen in my life. And Usman jacked him up. (laughs) I loved every in in the moment that boy lost the way he ran out of the ring is the same exact way people in there cheering and and going crazy for him. And it was all white males. They were running out of the bar like roaches were turning on a light switch. It was the best UFC fight I have ever seen. I didn't even know what the premise was behind the fight, but once they did, you know, the intros and showing him with Trump and Eric Trump and, you know, Go get him, you know, Donald Trump support. And that guy whipped, he whipped his ass. And he, that was the best fight that I've ever seen UFC, ever. That's that's probably the last UFC fight that I've seen. I don't know if you guys have seen any since, but I just, I just. Are there fights tonight, actually? Are there fights fights tonight? It's Nunes. Oh, yeah, I'm in a Nunes. I I don't even remember the chick she's fighting. I forgot her name. Tell me who was it that told me it was you, I think, Dollar. You said they're gonna they're gonna oversaturate and it's gonna it's gonna hurt UFC. Oversaturate as in meaning like too many fights too often. Like they literally have a pay per view fight every weekend. No, dude, that's not me saying that. <laughs> I love it. I, I love all someone, the fights. Because we had a huge conversation about UFC. We did talk UFC, I, I think, last time you were we on said that it was on the decline. Oh, that was a long time ago. You, I thought you were the one saying that. You were the one telling us it that you have YouTube too. It, it might have been Mikey, where we felt like it was on a decline and not the same. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was you yeah. guys talking about it. That was uh, I don't remember yeah. when that was. A number of a episodes. A couple of years back. ago. Yeah. Yeah. You still, you still feel that UFC is is in his prime on the top of his game? That's almost I like mean, your. It's the number one MMA thing out there. I mean, it's that's what I mean. Only yeah. thing. It's like Uber in comparison to Lyft, mm, right? Yeah. I don't know. I know that I saw when John Jones was was it John? No, it was Masvidal. When Masvidal was saying it, dude, some some dude from Bellator was like immediately like, "Come over here and I'll knock you out." And I felt like Conor McGregor in that one video where I was like, 
who the feck is that guy? <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it was just like some note. You're like, no, dude, you guys gotta, we gotta work it out for the for the sake of the sport, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna take a Michael Jordan. It's gonna take a Michael Jordan to start up another branch of. I'm not gonna say a branch, but another a competitor for UFC. It's gonna take that Michael Jordan type athlete, and it's sad to see these 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 guys are still signing these bogus contracts. Don't you think John Jones could have had the potential to be that Michael Jordan for UFC? I don't think so. Like, no, I no. mean, if if this, the other, it's, he didn't say clean enough. No, that's yeah. what I mean. But he had the potential, right? Like, if he didn't get wrapped up in all the bullshit that pulled him away from the game, and he was more like Jordan, just absolutely focused by the way where is the documentary i have not seen it i somebody told me it was netflix <laughs> it's not on netflix right it's on espn think, okay. i don't think you should admit that publicly yeah dude i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but do you think dana white would have really allowed dana white wanted a white male figure to be that michael jordan for ufc oh interesting that's why, that's why you said mike like what you said about mcgregor yeah McGregor McGregor shouldn't be, he still shouldn't be the focal point of UFC. He still is, even right. like it. And it's like, even though, you know, he got, you know, whooped up by Nate Diaz, he got whooped up by, um, uh, homeboy. Did you put him in the choke lock? What is his name? I just forgot. It's the, the Eagle. Oh, uh, uh Norma Gamedov. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then, you know, he's still, and then, and then on top of that, like, all his issues with attacking, you know, the bus and everything and all his legal troubles he has. And he's still, you know, still put on the pedestal. He's, he's still a top um, pay-per-view person. So, so I don't think, I don't think Dana White would have ever allowed John Jones to be the face of UFC. Well, yeah, that's what he's been saying in this, in this spat, you know, he's undermining him by basically saying that, all of his potential. That's kind of. Oh, geez. Sorry for the um, loud thing. My battery is low. If it's not one thing, it's a motherfucking another. Thirteen percent. Thirteen percent left on the uh, battery. Hey, he's arguing with John Jones and putting that out there. Say that again. He's arguing with John Jones publicly and putting out that he ruined his potential or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Saying that he could have been, you know, absolutely great beyond a doubt, but because of his own personal struggles and issues, he never. Never quite. In, in my eyes, John Jones is still absolutely. He, John Jones, in my eyes, is the number one UFC fighter probably of all time. Yeah. Even you can you can make arguments that. for like if you're talking pound for pound, you can make arguments for Demetrius Johnson probably, or I don't know. Some people might say GSP. I don't know about you, Pierce. Maybe he'd be in that conversation too. But yeah, no, I don't know. Um, real quick, before my battery runs out, a couple of things I definitely wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> Dude, uh, Tiger King. Did you have you seen that? I forgot. Tyson, have you watched that? Uh, bits and pieces. Though. I don't you know. If, I don't know if I'd admit that publicly. <laughs> like watch it in depth, but I did see it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, did you you know the deal with Carol Baskin that she? Yeah. It's it's kind of an odd situation because she seems like she runs the same sort of park that that uh, Joe Exotic was running. It's just that yes. somehow she was, you know, indignant. She thought hers was was better. Didn't she say she was doing it for? She was doing it for uh, the conservation. Yeah, 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 and battered animals, right? Yep, yeah. yep. But they always had yeah. that. She had. They definitely had. Like you know, they went back and forth. But the odd thing, uh, a couple of things that happened was that Carol Baskin took over 
Joe Exotics, uh, whatever zoo. What do they call it? Park, I guess. Animal Park. Animal yeah. Park. Wildlife yeah. Park yeah. Sanctuary. And took it over. And then just a couple of days later, um, I can't remember who it is, Mike. Was it investigators or whatever? They determined that, because people say she killed her husband, and they yeah. determined that the will that they have on file is for sure forged, that it's a, it's a, it's a fake will. By multiple experts that say that it was traced, that the signature is traced from a different document. Like, traced, what? traced. Yeah, dude. So what? so crazy. And it's beyond statute of limitations. So yeah. everyone's kind of just like, oh, God, she killed her husband. Holy shit. A will, a will has statute of limitations? Yeah. Apparently. That but, I mean, the investigation for the murder well, is still open. Well, let's put it this way. The, the, um, yeah, murder the family. True. Well, it, right, but that's not really what they're just all they know for sure at this point is that the will was forged. But the family could definitely come back and say, "Hey, because she basically civil. she wrote and his whole family out of the will." Yeah, yeah. So they could come back and say, "Hey, we we're what's rightfully ours. We want." Um, but the that them, she fed them to the animals, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the Theory, dude. dude yeah. Joe Exotic has got to be losing his shit sitting in prison. She took over his thing. Now this I thing comes you. out. I, I told, told you. <laughs> Trump's gonna pardon that guy. You know He's gonna pardon Joe Exotic. I, I do. You don't. You don't think you can't see him doing something like that. I heard him say nah. he made a statement about it. He actually said something. Oh, really? Yeah. He, well, that's that's. That's kind of a misleading way to put it. He didn't make a statement about it. Somebody asked him about it, and he said, "Yeah, it's something I might consider." But then that was like the only thing I ever heard him say about and it. They started up. They Joe Exotic, his friends have started up like a tour bus. that said like something along the lines, "President Trump, please pardon Joe Exotic." <laughs> all of they were showing up to all of his rallies and speeches and you know places like that. So it would not shock me. Yeah, it would shocked me yeah just a bizarre bizarre turn of events in that whole storyline though where you're just like holy <laughs> shit she's gonna go she's gonna go to prison you think so they're gonna yeah the one thing the police department doesn't like egg on their face when it comes to a situation like that she's gonna end up going to prison i believe this is in florida right i think that's where she's at yeah. or hers is at yeah like the public notoriety is going to end up hurting her because the police department i'm pretty sure would have just let sleeping dogs lie mm-hmm. but now it's still remaining in the public eye they're gonna have to do something they got to come up with some answers and that might be i didn't hear that that she forged the doc the wheel yeah it just came out yep <laughs> just came out <laughs> you're very interesting um god i feel like i'm just dragging this on a couple of things no Mike. no i i i don't think you have to drag it on uh just so you know they did a uh march across the golden gate bridge today George Floyd. Oh, that's cool. They said thousands. Did we talk about George. last podcast the fact that uh, in the autopsy he also tested positive for coronavirus? For COVID, yeah. yeah. COVID nineteen, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the family got a uh, an independent um, autopsy done, and yeah. well, which, that's why they were he, he was charged. Yeah, yeah. And you know who that guy is, right? The guy is he's one of probably the most world-renowned medical examiners well mm. united states wise he's he did oj he did nicole simpson um um he did someone else that was very that's very well known he is like 
huge in the medical examination world. He was on Fox News. You know, that's another thing that was bothering me is that people took that first autopsy because, you know, Minneapolis rushed out to say he didn't die of uh, asphyxiation. Uh, Underlying know, health and conditions and, yeah. Yeah, they, so, rushed, they rushed, and then three or four days later, this guy, and, and it was two medical examiners that did it, but this guy is very well known. Um, I forgot his name, but he- uh-huh. Guys, are you there? How weird. My computer literally said that I had 10% left. This is becoming a thing with these remote podcasts where shit just uh, hits the fan and I have to do these weird, awkward monologues where suddenly I'm on the podcast by myself. Very sorry about that. Um, There's some outside noise coming from this cable. Let me get this turned off. I can cut this out after. Uh, Either way, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us, guys. Sorry for the abrupt ending. Um, I will have my charger with my computer next time so that some shit like this doesn't happen. Uh, But it has been fun. And as uh, Pierce always says, with that dollar, that's a wrap. Cheers. So fucking awkward by myself. See you next time.